Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We know the Bucks are interested in Tom Brady, but would Tom Brady really want to come to the Bucks? And if the Bucks signed Brady, would some of their own free agents take maybe lesser deals to remain in Tampa Bay? Should the Bucks draft a tackle or re-sign DeMar Dotson? And why can't the Rays say how they would handle the playoffs if they split their games between Tampa Bay and Montreal? We've got all your mailbag questions answered 100% correctly, and we'll tell you what sporting events will not be canceled due to coronavirus on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, this will be known as the uh, the day that the world of sports stopped. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like the 9-11. I mean, if you remember, for a week there was no sports. Yeah. Although this is going to seemingly be a lot longer. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, the, it's not the same thing, and it's not, you know, obviously the same reasons in that, but right. it, it's bizarre. I, I mean, I, we kind of joke today, but it's like, what am I going to watch tonight on TV or tomorrow night or the night after <laughs> yeah. or – you know, right. I mean, I'm, it's always, you know, there's a hockey game on, there's a basketball game on, there's a, you know, a curling game on or whatever else. I mean, the NBC Sports Network showing and prepared, you know, getting ready for the Olympics, which could be off, um, which just think about that if they actually call mm. off the Olympic Games, um, you know, once in a four year thing. Woo. The devastating to Japan and the amount of investment they've made over there. Um, I think television will be different. I mean, I think that you know nowadays we rely so much on on sports for live programming. So many so many channels do right. Um, I don't. You know, ESPN is going to run Sports Center all the time. I was going to say, what are they going to run? What are they going to do? I mean, there's no highlights to show. Right. Outside golf and at, IndyCar racing, Network, apparently. I mean, yeah, yeah, and that's the only thing that uh, see, you know this this will just to give you an idea if you go to the TampaBay.com. Uh, Eduardo Encina kept a kind of a timeline. Now we know last night the NBA announced that they were going to uh, uh, suspend the rest of the season. Uh, they haven't eliminated, I guess, the possibility of playoffs yet, have they? I don't believe. No, no, no. Yet. And the NHL's done the same thing today. That's right. So there's there's still the possibility of games, you know, in the future. Yeah, Mark Cuban was on these... ESPN on uh, Thursday morning, saying, mm-hmm. you know, hey, they could, you know, wait four weeks even 60 days and then resume with the playoffs and go into July or August with the playoffs if they have to. Um, the NHL, there's reports that that the NHL has asked buildings for their dates all the way through July. Mm. That, you know, they may push the playoffs all the way back and it goes past the, you know, traditionally it's mid-June that the season ends or the, the playoffs ends and the draft's usually a week later and then free agency starts July 1st, but they may push that back into July this year if they have to. I mean, right. the, the NHL specifically said they want to raise a Stanley Cup this year. I, I, we, we would all love to see that and um, other sports as well. So it started, uh, resumed actually, I should say, from the previous night. At 9.43, it was announced that General Mission is canceled to this week's Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. The race uh, will continue as of now. Which, which by uh, the way, as we're recording this, that's less than 24 hours ago. Yeah, isn't that cre- that's incredible, isn't it? How everything has changed in and this, these twenty four hours. Twenty four. I mean, 
it, it, yeah, it's absolutely incredible in 24 hours how everything shut down. The world changed, yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost 9.30 on Thursday night now as we're recording this, so. That's true, yeah. You know, the NBA shut down a little before that yesterday and mm-hmm. then follow suit between, you know, the Grand Prix going fanless to the golf tournaments are going to be fanless up to the Masters to uh, baseball to hockey to all the conference tournaments to now the NCAA says all spring sports are done too. Not only is March yeah. Madness gone, College World Series, college softball All world series, any spring sport Horrible. done. Let me let me go through the timeline here just real quickly because this is just give you an idea. And you're right. I mean, we had nine eleven, which kind of left a void for a while of sports, and yet you knew that that would return at some point. Now we have three eleven uh, last night when uh, the NBA canceled, you know, suspended their season, and uh, it was obvious that others would soon do the same. They canceled the NCAA tournament. Um, and you know, those sort of things were going on. So three eleven and nine eleven, um, two days that we'll remember in sports and in the world, obviously, but at night, so at nine 43, they do the grand prix thing at nine 54. That's when the NHL uh, advises teams against, uh, conducting morning skates. That was the tip off, um, by ten thirty two, the association, ATP tennis association announced a six week suspension of the men's pro tour, um, including the big event in Miami. Um, then you also had, uh, just a few minutes later at 1049, a second NBA player, uh, Donovan Mitchell tested positive for coronavirus. Cause we know his, his teammate, uh, Rudy Gobert, Gobert, um, had tested positive on Wednesday, 1115 AM XFL games, uh, were slated to be played, but they started to discuss how they were going to proceed by 1125. Um, you had a bunch of teams like the Washington Redskins later, the Buccaneers announced that, uh, they were not, they were calling people back from the road, their scouts, their staff, their coaches at these pro days. Um, the Bucks eventually announced that, uh, they're closing the, um, you know, the Advent healthcare facility and, and, uh, their people are going to work from remote locations from their home, et cetera. Uh, 1142 major league soccer announced it will suspend its season for 30 days. Um, 11.47, just two hours before USF was supposed to play their first game of the AAC tournament, the league canceled it. The SEC also canceled their tournament. And we're not even to noon yet. By 11.49, the Big Ten canceled the remainder of its conference tournament. There was an announcement at 11.57 about the Players' Championship. Uh, it will be played without fans starting on Friday. Fans were allowed to ten- attend on Thursday. Uh, 12.03, um, the ACC tournament, just 30 minutes. The teams were on the floor. Florida State was on the floor. They left abruptly, so the ACC basketball tournament was canceled. Uh, now we're across noon. Um, that's that's when the ACC actually uh, canceled it. I mean, you go through here, you know, the rowdy season came to a halt. Um, Major League Baseball suspended spring training games, you know, NHL at 1:35 announced its pause in its season, starting with with uh, Thursday night's games. 1:49 p.m. This was some Duke University suspended all athletic activ- activities indefinitely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. essentially pulling out of the NCAA basketball yep. tournament before it was even canceled. Kansas did it shortly after that too. Yeah, so you can't have a tournament with it without those teams. The 2:24 p.m. The NFL canceled spring meetings, which were uh, supposed to be March 29th through April 1st in West Palm Beach. Those are the the owners' meetings. Um, three o'clock, three o nine to be exact. Major League Baseball announced it canceled the remainder of spring training games and will delay the beginning of the regular season by at least two weeks. Minor League Baseball followed suit a few minutes later. 
Uh, and then that 416 is uh, when the NCAA, who had contemplated allowing just friends and family in the arena before their team started bailing, they canceled the men's and women's basketball tournaments. And, of course, Tampa was supposed to host um, the first two rounds on March 19th and, uh, and 21st. Um, you know, And then 719, a little late to the party, the XFL announced that they're done with five weeks remaining in their season. Boy, that was that was short-lived, huh? Yeah, well, how'd and, you enjoy your XFL season? Yes, yeah, what five weeks? Yeah, um, and they were asked it. about playoffs, and they said basically, kind of hard hard to plan because you don't know what logistics are going to be going forward and when you can resume team activity. So they're just focused brutal. on next year, basically. Right, uh, just brutal. So, so, any truth to the rumor Orlando has claimed that championship? <laughs> Did they even have a team? They didn't have a no. team in the XFL. No, but, you know, <laughs> they claim it anyway. They well, yeah, you know, I I, I said we want a want a title, one the only AF title. I made the same Thanks joke this morning when they canceled the American Conference tournament that UCF claimed the championship. But well, that's possible. <laughs> um, they may have, they may get rings. There will be rings. Yeah, man, it's a uh, it's a bizarre time. And look, we're we're Sports Day Tampa Bay. There, we'll, we'll still talk about sports. Obviously, we'll talk about anything. Uh, that's going on in and around the world of sports. So we're thinking about the NFL, and I fully expect them to 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 do something here, right? They're they're in the off season, but uh, they're having events that you don't necessarily have to televise or or attend per se. I mean, look, um, you know, on Monday at eleven fifty nine fifty nine a.m. is supposed to be the deadline to designate franchise and transition players. Uh, Shaq Barrett was on the NFL Network. We can talk about his interview in a minute, but. Uh, one second later is supposed to be the start of the new league year, uh, or not the start of the new league year, but the start of the um, legal tampering period uh, on Monday at noon. And so that gives you three days of, of essentially free agency, and then on the 18th at 4 p.m. is the start of the new league year. Well, what the NFL has said is, ah, yeah, we're not moving. Uh, we're not moving the Monday dates. That's that's still there. You know, that's that's uh, that's that's going to be there until we see what happens with the CBA. So the league wants its players to vote on this CBA and in, in their minds, hopefully pass it, right? Um, and and then, and only then, I think, will they probably move back the deadlines for free agency and the start of the new league year and things like this. Um, but they're not going to take that carrot away just yet because uh, they they want the threat of, of the rule, which is, you know, there's a, a lot of things, poison pills that happen when you get to the start of a new league year without in the last year of a CBA, that last year of a CBA without an extension has some things that are unappetizing to both players and the owners, and it's done deliberately. So, so they that is being held there in place, I think, by the NFL to force a vote by the players' association, and uh, and only after they vote. And I think I still think it's going to pass, especially. I mean, can you imagine going through? If you don't think this will have an influence on most of your players, okay, they're going through the coronavirus. They've seen their sports, all sports, shut down. They're not playing right now, um, but there are people hurting out there, and, and you know, billions of dollars being lost in the stock market and everything else. Do you really think that with this much money on the table and this time of our lives, with this going on, that they're going to walk away from a deal? Uh, that would pay most of them millions and millions of more dollars. Yeah, it's the 17th game, and yeah, you can only make some maximum of 250,000 more dollars, even if you're a guy that makes, you know, two million a game. Um, but but I think this probably cinches the vote that it'll pass. We'll see. Um, but and and then shortly thereafter, we'll see if the league wants to really start 
free agency on Monday. I tend to think it won't. Um, but if it does, we'll be there to cover it. Thank goodness. It'd be nice to have something to talk about. I just think the optics, as we discussed before the podcast, you were right. Um, you know, sitting here announcing multi, multi-million dollar a year deals and signing bonuses or whatever uh, that, that, that takes place at a time when people are, you know, literally without jobs and struggling to, to make ends meet during what is bound to be, uh, you know, a, a really tough time financially in this country probably isn't what the NFL wants to do right at this time yeah the Dow's going down 10 percent a day or six seven percent or six whatever nine you know a day is that that really when you want to be announcing hundred million dollar deals probably not I think the optics will keep will keep them away from doing that at least for a week a couple weeks maybe a month Um, and the other part of it is is you know half the teams have shut down their buildings they have how are you Mm going to do physicals with players which every free agent contract is pending a physical Right. And mm-hmm. you know, you want that physical done quickly because you need to know if you need to move on to plan B and they need to know if they need to move on to plan B if a physical right. doesn't happen quick. That's true. Um, the pro days, you know, there were some pro days uh, this week. And, and like I said, now scouts, uh, those pro days, I would imagine, will start to be canceled. But now scouts will just have to do what they should do, which is rely on the tape uh, and, you know, the games that they've watched both on film and in person and the interviews they've done be it at the Senior Bowl or the Combine, they can still bring players in. Each team can bring in um, up to, what, 30 players. And and so, uh, you know, there's, there's just not going to be as, you know, it's not going to be the same. There won't be the pro day, the extra layer that they have every spring where they can go to the pro days and, and that sort of thing. So a lot of things will be a little different, uh, and I'm sure we're going to hear more news about cancellations and delays. It's a weird time. What can we say? I mean, we love sports. Sports is what we talk about every day. Um, the, the games aren't on. It's just strange. Uh, but, uh, you know, at some point the Buccaneers are going to play. At some point the Rays are going to play. I guess there's talk about them, uh, some of them remaining uh, in Port Charlotte, and they can still work the teams out, can, can still practice at least perhaps. Uh, and maybe when they come back they do so in the smaller spring training ballparks. Um, you know, you just don't know where this is headed, right? So, For how here, long? The thing about baseball, and we were having this conversation earlier today. Um, so let's say it's four weeks, and mm-hmm. they want to come back, and they probably want to start the season pretty quick. Yeah, you know, because they're already going to be two weeks past opening day, yeah. and you know, you want to try to play as many games as possible. Sure, but your pitchers aren't stretched out, right? Because are you going to keep working them now? Because this could go on longer than four weeks too. It could, and, and, and you, you know. How so how do you much? how do you handle that? I mean, you know, baseball is probably the one sport that takes the longest to ramp up because it's about getting mm-hmm. the pitchers' arms ready. I mean, you know, your Build relievers are fine. Yeah, you know, are you going to have to do you know go with a bigger roster where you have more pitchers to start the season? That could be, or, or you know, something like that because it, it's you know how do you get Tyler Glass now stretched out to seven or eight innings or Blake Snell or yeah. you know, right. and, and that's that's the hardest part about baseball. That's why baseball spring training is as long as it is. Is it's, it's really the about the pitchers' arms. It's not about the hitters. Yeah, that's right. You know they can get going pretty quick. Most of them. You can get fifty at bats is all you really want. You could get that on a side field if you have to. Right. But it's it's that yeah. pitcher. You know pitchers extending their arms out. So, mm-hmm. um, you know it's going to be interesting how that affects that, and, and you know yeah. and how how they when they come back what they're going to do to get the season going. Right. And some teams will handle it different. I mean, I've even heard talk of, uh, you know, you have the Cactus League and you have the Grapefruit League. Those teams are sort of clustered around each other in smaller ballparks. 
eliminating some travel early on, right? Having those teams play series mm-hmm. against each other that count, um, that are in Florida, that are in Arizona, um, you know, maybe that would be a way to, you know, to extend it without um, the travel requirements and, and the long distance and all that sort of thing, airplanes and everything that comes with it. So hey, we're in a new we're in a new world, man. It's a new world order. We nobody know. I mean, we we know this is going to end someday, right? We know that that we'll get on top of the virus and and uh, you know the testing will become faster and uh, eventually, as the weather warms, that should help. But the, you know, obviously, the spatial separation that we're undergoing now is supposed to help, um, but it will probably take several weeks or several months, maybe. Um, you know, it's but there's never been certainly in my lifetime, other than nine one one, which was a, maybe a weak interruption. Um, there's never been anything like this, and you know the war. Obviously, even in World War II, if you remember baseball kept playing. I mean, you had guys like Ted Williams going mm-hmm. over to service, and um, but they felt it was necessary, even though the world is at, was at war, because sports is such a such an outlet and such a symbol of uh, you know uh, of of what we do of normalcy that they didn't want to, they didn't want to remove that from everyday life. Uh, so they played the games and, um, you know, but, but to not have any sports, um, you know, and, and, and I feel, and there's not, there's no way these kids can get this back. And, and, and it, you know, I was trying to put myself in this position, but man, for the, for the young men and women who were in the final, you know, stretch of their college careers, right. Their seniors, um, maybe they were going to go to an NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, so much, so many hours, so much work put in, uh, and and to not know you've already played your final contest, right? And, mm-hmm. and to not have that to look forward to, and not be able to get it back. You know, you, you can't get a fifth year redshirt because of. I mean, at least so far as I know, the NCAA hasn't allowed that um, because of this coronavirus. It's brutally unfair. Um, it, it there's no way. Uh, there's no way to quantify, you know, the pain that that must have caused so many people that compete, you know, and that's that's what they've done their whole lives, and they want that one, the one shining moment, as they say on CBS, they want to be able to compete, um, you know, and, and put a bow on their careers, and and now it ends abruptly and unexpectedly, and um, and and something they can never get back, you know, it'll live with them uh, as a painful reminder their whole lives, and I, I feel bad for them. I mean. I knew when I played my last game at Arkansas State, it wasn't, you know, wasn't in a tournament per se, but I knew it was going to be my last damn game, and I was able to to, to approach it that way. Um, so I I feel sorry for uh, for so many people that that aren't going to get that opportunity now. So anyway, hey, on, um, on the bright side, and not to make mm-hmm. complete light of it, but COVID nineteen finally did something Rob Manfred couldn't. I've heard this joke. Suspend the Astros. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, that, I mean, unfortunately, all of Major League Baseball were with them. Yeah, but, well, you know, there is that caveat, yeah. but. You could you could say, you could say definitely that, uh, you know, that that's affected it. So, Houston Astros getting theirs. You know, how teams navigate this time off is going to be important, too. I mean, I don't know that everybody that there's a template for no. This has never been tried before, yeah. right? So, well, and, and and the thing is, you don't. It's not you don't know when you're coming back. It's not like they know no, that right. in three weeks you're back or two or four or right. You know, it, it's it's a fluid situation where, much like the last twenty four hours, mm. you know, who would have thought two days ago that 
all the sports would practically be stopped. Yeah. But the weird thing, I mean, you know, the problem with even, I would think even spring training, if you're in, in any kind of, you know, you have a clubhouse, right? You're dressing next to a guy, you're near mm-hmm. a guy. If you find out that there's, you know, player A uh, has been, you know, diagnosed with uh, coronavirus or, you know, something, then then the entire team that's been exposed to him will be shut down for 14 days. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is the problem with what, what, what was happening in the NBA and, and potentially in the NCAA is that, you know, they're going to have to quarantine people at this stage. And so, you know, can you really assemble guys to work out or to play play inter-squad games or to keep them sharp? I mean, how do you do that in an organized way? Because, you know, I mean, they're still in Port Charlotte. If you're the Rays, there's still houses that are, you know, being rented for the next two, three weeks. You know, they haven't began the regular season yet. And so... You know, is it better to let them all go their separate ways and they all have places where they train and whatnot and let them do that? Or, you know, is there some danger to keeping them closely assembled? I I don't have the answer to that. I'm just asking. I don't really know what they're going to do. Well, I know that the teams wouldn't like them to travel per se. No. You know, you wouldn't want, you know, a lot of the ballplayers getting on planes and going, you know, to wherever in the – whether the United States or back cruise. to you know the Dominican yeah, Republic, right. while well, cruise ships are pretty much shut down at this point. It's shut down, yeah. Um, but but airlines. But yeah. I mean, if you saw the guy from what New York to West Palm, right? Um, that was on a I think a JetBlue flight that Jet took Blue the coronavirus flight, yeah. test. The doctor said mm-hmm. it'll take a couple of days. Stay put. And he got on a plane, and sure enough, he was positive. positive. You know, after the doctors told him to stay put, he decides to get on a plane. Right. And now, how many people on that plane are? potentially affected and their family and friends and yeah i mean it's you know so i I know they they wouldn't want their players necessarily doing that whether it's you know traveling somewhere in the united states or a lot of the players you know live you know from other countries yeah if you leave the united states as we know you may have a difficult time coming back that too you know with some of the travel bans and we don't know if that's going to be extended to other countries i mean it's a mess um it was a mess in europe a lot of people in various airports uh, across Europe, you know, were slammed trying to get back to the U.S. And, um, yeah, so that, there's all kinds of uh, ramifications that we haven't even begun to think about yet. But one day the the world of sports will resume and we'll be more grateful than ever. <laughs> I'm a big sports fan. I do it for a living. I cover sports. You do too. And mm-hmm. it's like uh, I enjoy them. I'm going to really enjoy it when it's back. Well, but, it's like but, anything else you have taken away from you. And granted, it's been, you know, nearly 20 years now. But if you remember after 9-11, yeah. you know, when sports came back, we'll never call oh, a player was... a warrior. We'll never call them a hero. Well, you know, all these things that we said that over time slip back and sports become more of a just a commonplace and things that you take for granted almost. Yeah, and and maybe this you know it'll swing back a little bit this way in, in this regard that when it comes back you're going to appreciate having the Rays on television every night or the Lightning playing as well as they are the Bucks every Sunday or the Rowdies or you know name the team the Vipers right you know USF and the college sports I mean you know maybe we will take them less for granted now you're absolutely right that's true so anyway we got a mailbag full of questions to talk sports with you and uh, we can continue to do that all the time. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Time. So let's get to the question. Sure. Well, we had to throw some of them out because it was if the NHL plays in front of no fans, yeah, what right. are you going to do? So obviously those have changed, <laughs> and and, right. and you know as we'll figure out in the next few weeks what's going to happen going forward for those organizations. Uh, Disney World, by the way, is closed. So is Universal uh, Studios. Uh, they'll close after Sunday, so they're going to be closed till the Saw end of that. March at least. So uh, Broadway's closed in New York. Um, it's 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 a weird time. Uh, and especially with spring break next week, I was planning to go to some some baseball games in the golf tournament with my boys, and obviously that's not going to happen now. So, but uh, some free agent or some uh, mailbag questions. Less asked: If the Buccaneers signed Tom Brady, would it make it more likely that guys like JPP, Shaq Barrett, and, and Dominican Sue would take less money to come play for the Bucks? A signing like Brady should give the Bucks more juice to get better free agents. You know. I don't want to say no, but I'm going to say no. Um, what it would depend on what their alternative is, right? I mean, usually these guys settle into markets that are similar. You know, I remember last year when, you know, Gerald McCoy was looking around when Indomitian Sioux signed with the Bucks. You, you know, it was sort of established it's going to be around the nine, nine and a half point, nine and a half million dollar range. There wasn't going to be a lot of variance, right? So I think I think what it'll do is if they have a choice. The market will settle and be what the market is. Um, you know, will they take less? I mean, how much less? What are we talking about? You know, half a million dollars here? I don't know. Um, some of these guys have made a lot of money in their careers. But in general, I think what it'll do is if there's competition for them, um, say you're Jason Pierre-Paul or you're, uh, you know, you, you've got the Bucks and you've got some other team out there that wants you, I think if Brady were in the fold – it would certainly make you more, you know, recept- receptive to staying here, just because you feel like, hey, we've got you know the greatest quarterback that ever lived, and yeah, he's forty three, uh, doesn't turn the ball over. We got all those weapons. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go somewhere. We're gonna go to the playoffs. This guy's gone eleven straight years. I want to stay here because I believe in that quarterback, and the franchise. You know, at that point would have gone pretty heavily invested in him and you know if it took a, a few hundred thousand dollars from this guy or that guy to, to get Brady I, I guess they'd be amenable to that but in general those negotiations are done separately um, and you know it's like anything else this is your your career this is your money uh, you know you're not you're not gonna I mean you'll consider things like state income tax you consider things like the team's chance to win um, but if there's if there's a choice and Tom Brady is here, I think it definitely favors the Bucks. I don't know how much less money they would take, however. OJ20 asks, there's very little teams can offer TB12 other than money. He's achieved almost everything. Am I crazy to think the Bucks will dangle the only quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl in his home stadium as a, quant- a qualitative selling point? Only Tampa Bay and the Raiders can say that in the short term. Yeah, I don't know that that'll come up. I mean, it, it, you know, obviously Tom Brady probably knows that the Super Bowl is going to be played in Tampa, and I'm sure he's heard the stat that no one's won in, in their home stadium, although the 49ers did win um, in Palo Alto, which is now 
closer to their home stadium. Um, I, you know, all these things, I mean, Tom's going to be about winning. Um, does it matter where the game is played? Not really. Would it be a bonus? Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't even, it, it, it wouldn't be something that would push him over the limit, right? I mean, what what's going to get Brady anywhere is, I think, probably his sense of, of what the Patriots are going to do and whether or not he feels like they're going to do enough um, for him to to win there. And when I say win, win a Super Bowl there. Uh, they've got salary cap concerns. You don't know what Belichick's plans are, long or short term, with Tom. Um, but they've been together for 20 years. They're, they're both the only reason for each other's success. And so you would think they can work some things out. But if he if he just feels like either – you know, hey, I, I don't feel like we're doing enough in, in New England uh, or just wants the adventure of, of, you know, before his career is over, playing for somebody else. This is his one bite of the apple as a free agent. Um, maybe it's money. I doubt that. I mean, Giselle has more money than he does. So, uh, but, but he has been an ultimate team player and taken way below what the market value be, should be for him because he should have been the highest paid quarterback for years and years. And he's done it to surround himself with better players. I don't know in this situation. I mean, I think he could name his price. You know, this is one of those where, hey, if you're going to leave New England and there's more than one suitor, you could probably get up in that $30, $35 million range, right, uh, and take the money and, and feel good about being the highest-paid quarterback or whatever that would be. So I just think he's going to have to have a gut feeling about the coach. Somebody asked me this the other day. I think it was I was doing one of these radio shows on NFL Network, and you know the biggest factor for Tom Brady, if he if he was really serious about coming to Tampa, I don't think it's the sunshine. Although that would be nice, I don't think it's anything other than the chance to win. Um, and more importantly, he would have to believe in Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians would be the single biggest factor for Brady to even consider this, and and that's because. You know, that coach-quarterback relationship, he's only had Belichick in the NFL, and we know that Bill uh, is a different cat, right? Uh, although the two of them, you know, they got scoreboards, six Super Bowls, so no, no matter how miserable they make each other, it works. It's a relationship that has worked. Um, but if I'm a quarterback and I'm Tom Brady, the most important thing to me is who my, who my head coach is um, – What's he like for quarterbacks? Well, again, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Carson Palmer, all these guys would would give glowing, I think, um, you know, evaluations of, of Bruce and their time with him. Uh, and I think that would give Brady a comfort level with a coach that he may not have, you know, this side of Vrabel. And now remember, you know, Vrabel was a teammate, so so – there's the coach quarterback relationship already established, but not as a coach, as a teammate. It's a little different when he's your head coach. Um, so you don't necessarily say, well, that's better than him wanting to play for Bruce Arians, right? Cause you don't know. I mean, that's, that's an unknown. That's going to be a strange dynamic to navigate. But I think, I think Arians would be the single biggest reason. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if he even considers it, but, uh, but I do know that the bucks will make their run at him and look, it may it may be a five minute conversation, right? I mean, they may get to Donald Yee, and Yee may say, "Hey guys, I know everything you're trying to do. We appreciate the offer, or, or the you know whatever parameters are you calling and 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 checking it out." But you know, Tom just doesn't see Tampa as a viable option, and he doesn't have to give reasons, 
right? I mean, the Bucks haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. I mean, it's Tampa. Uh, he can just say, no, you know what? I got another team that I'm more interested in playing for um, or I'm going back to New England. So this is not going to be like, hey, you know, they talked for three days and then, you know, it was close, but Brady at the last minute decided to run back to New England. I don't think it's going to go like that. Um, so, you know, the Bucks quickly can move on to Bridgewater, move on to Phillip Rivers. Uh, Jameis is out there for a day, realizes, hey, the, my best chance to start it in Tampa. Tampa realizes our best quarterback that we can really get uh, for our team is Jameis, uh, and, and all of that could, could come together. So um, we don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think being in a Super Bowl in his own stadium is going to push it over the top. Randy asks, do you think the top four offensive tackles could step in and play better than DeMar Dotson day one? Or would a free agent tackle on the right side be a better choice since everyone is saying B.A. has two years to get in the playoffs or Super Bowl? Well, look, there's not many free agent tackles that make it out there, okay? Because if they're really good, um, they're not going to be there. Uh, And so it's also difficult most years to find offensive tackles that can play right away at a high level because in college now, None of these guys are even in a three-point stance. Hell, they don't even huddle up. Uh, so there's a big, the, the biggest, what's become the biggest problem in college football to the NFL is is the offensive line position because, you know, you can't see them on tape doing the things that you do in the pro game. And, and furthermore, you have to teach them those things, but you can't have any contact once you draft them in the off season. And so linemen in shorts, are like dancing bears, you know, they, they're not really playing football. Um, so it's, it's really hard, um, you know, to count on an offensive lineman. Now, having said that, this is probably one of the best drafts in years, uh, for offensive tackles in particular. I think there's probably going to be four of them go maybe before the bucks even get on the board at 14. Um, there are more guys, you know, throughout the, the first round and, and into the second, I think they'll absolutely draft an offensive tackle. Uh, DeMar Dotson, if he comes back, I I think it'll be, uh, you know, in that sort of mentor, you know, veteran role in case you get an injury. Generally, you like to have a guy who can play both sides, and DeMar has not done that. Uh, So I don't know if it would even work. But um, I'm fairly certain they're going to draft an offensive tackle. And, And that may or may not preclude them from signing a free agent too. But remember... I think the draft is going to be predominantly an offensive draft this year for the Bucks, and I think their goal is to to use their money to re-sign a good portion of the defensive front seven. So, um, to me, they draft a guy, and maybe Demar comes back in a you know in a supportive role. Alejandro asks, "Do you see the Bucks drafting a running back for 2020 to complement Rojo?" I do. Um, I really do. In fact. Bruce has said as much. Now, draft. You know, when you say drafting, I, I suppose you could fill this need through free agency or both, right? Um, David Johnson is a chance he'll be out there, and of course, Bruce had great success with him with the Cardinals. He's still under contract, but it's a big number, and they may figure a way to trade him or do something with that contract uh, or release him. Um, and, and there's Melvin Gordon. There's some. There's some veteran running backs available, right? But some of those guys are going to want a lot of money. Um, the great thing about drafting players is that, you know, you have control of them at a reasonable price for four years, sometimes five. And 
I think the Bucks will look, you know, in fact, I know they're going to look for a three down back. They're going to look for somebody that is just as good of, of a runner and a receiver and a blocker as they are a, a ball carrier. And there's, there's plenty of guys out there. Now, in some of the mock drafts, and this is where I don't know that I agree, although it would be interesting. But in some of the mock drafts, I'm seeing Jonathan Taylor linked up with the Bucks from, you know, from Wisconsin. Now, Taylor may be the best running back in the draft. I think, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Uh, but here's a guy that ran for 6,000 yards in his career um, and is Barkley-esque in his size and speed. He's 225 and ran a 441. Uh, oh, yeah, and he can catch the ball. He has great hands, good route runner, can block. So he comes in. He's a special, special talent. I just don't know that they use a pick that high on a running back. You know, they still have Ronald Jones. You know, maybe you get into the, the second round and you go with, you know, Clyde uh, Edwards, uh, you know, Hilaire or something like that from LSU. I mean, there's guys all through the draft, right? Cam Akers, another good player, of course, from Florida State. Guys that can catch and and run. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do see them drafting a running back. I don't know where it will be. People say it could be anywhere from their first draft, first pick on through. Uh, but they're going to get a guy that can that can catch and that can block and uh, that can stay on the field for three downs. All right, John has a question. He says, why can't the Rays say that how they would handle the playoffs if the split uh, location plan were put in place? If they could say they understand that the folks in Tampa would deserve something more than a glorified spring training, I might be okay with the option. But since they can't say how they're going to handle it, it's a non-starter for me. I understand the logistics would be tough, but they're going to be that way already. If they say odd-year playoffs are in Montreal and even years in Tampa Bay, at least I would feel it would be equitable. You want to take this one? <laughs> I mean, listen, I agree with you. We talked a little bit about this question, and, and it's you know why? Because they don't have to. I mean, that's called leverage, right? right? I well, mean, isn't that part of the game? I, yeah, I think, first of all, it's not the biggest hurdle they have to get over. Oh, it's way down the road, too. I but mean, I also think it's a negotiation. Yeah. Montreal puts a billion dollars into a stadium, and Tampa puts $300 million. Yeah, we give guess, Montreal guess more Guess who's getting the playoff game, yeah. yeah. You know, it can be used as a negotiation to get what you want. I mean, the NFL Absolutely. uses it all the time. You get a Super Bowl if you build a billion-dollar stadium Yeah, they do. Us. Yeah, you do. You know, um, you know I, I don't know that's what Stu's trying to do, but I also think, you know, it's, it's like when the split plan was announced – a lot of people are like, well, what are you even going to call the team? Well, that's really Who not the biggest at priority point? at that point. Yeah. There's a lot of hurdles Down to jump. The, the name is one you can get over. It's, Wouldn't and, that be a nice problem for Stuart yeah. Sternberg to have to worry about the name? Right, and it's not poo-pooing the, the playoff thing because, you know, look, if, if you're Tampa and you're putting a lot of money in the stadium for a split season, you're going to want to know that you get postseason games. I completely yeah. agree, and that, that has, that's definitely going to be part of the negotiation of everything going on. But, sure. uh, you know, why would Stu lay out how he's going to do it yet when he can use it as a negotiation tool? No, I, I I'm not going to add anything to it because I think you're dead on. There's nothing that you're, you're exactly right. That's why. And and the fans will just have to accept if we get to that point that, you know, it'll be equitable in, in some way. Um, you know, uh, but like I said, that 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 that's a problem that uh, that that Stuart Sternberg wishes he had. Well, hey, thanks for the questions. And, folks, we may have a lot of mailbags coming up. <laughs> so, um, we've got nothing but time but to answer questions, and I hope you have a lot of them. I have a mailbag question for our listeners. 
what would you like us to talk about over the next four weeks? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. Um, yeah, give us give us anything. Please, give us your I mean, feedback. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, one day might be, uh, you know, baseball movies. So next next day, <laughs> football movies. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll manage to do it. I know we're going to get through this. I mean, look, there's 12 positions that we can we can uh, break down on the Bucks alone, so there's always that. But, uh, you know, there'll be incremental news, I'm sure. And for the weekend, don't forget, you do have a little bit of a viewing schedule anyway. You got the uh, golf, the TPC. Uh, up there in Ponte Vedra, and uh, you can also watch the St. Pete Grand Prix on television. You can't go, but you can watch. So I'm sure we'll be all over those two things on Monday for the weekend. And also maybe perhaps just, according to my sources, here's a possibility, a probability, even a expectation, if you will, that the Buccaneers and the NFL will have free agency next week sometime. So we'll see. You know, Monday is the day uh, that they're supposed to have the franchise tags. Check Barrett. Um, who came out, by the way, and said he'd be okay being franchised. He wants a long-term deal, but he, he doesn't want to leave Tampa. And then, uh, and, and then you know, that's also the start of the legal tampering period at noon, if they keep it. And then Wednesday would be the start of the uh, New League year. So there'll be sports to talk about if the NFL doesn't push everything back, but I suspect they will. Well, here's some uh, breaking news uh, as we're just after 10 o'clock on Thursday night. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's wife, Sophie, does test positive for coronavirus. I saw that. She was getting tested, yeah. Yep, she is positive for it. So, so. it's made it into, uh, I'll tell you what, and, and I'm not trying to be political here, but uh, President Trump shook, shook some hands with, uh, what was it, the oh, Brazilian, Brazilian yeah, press guy president's or somebody, uh, uh, press guy, yeah. yeah. And, and so he's got to watch it too, you know. I mean, this thing, that's the great, you know, I mean, it's not great, but that's the thing about viruses. They don't care whether you, what side of the aisle you sit on. It, it was weird. Know, politically. Yeah, I coached my son's t-ball game tonight since i didn't have lightning and right. uh we did after the game we did elbow taps yeah and the kids are That's all going, why you know what 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 you know because we, yeah, we always give high fives or you know you always shake the yeah. other team's hands as you're in the coaches and we were doing elbow taps so yeah, elbow it up bow it up but we have sports to talk about and we'll always talk about sports on sports day tampa bay so for steve versnick i'm rick stroud of the tampa bay times things will get better have a great weekend everybody 